Hello and welcome, RTO family. This is Pete. Just wanted to let you guys know that this is our first interview out of the RTO studios, and we did have some technical difficulties, unfortunately, but we didn't want to not bring this to you. It was a great interview, so bear with us. It's going to sound a little crazy at first, but it's going to get better, I promise. Wait to the end. It gets so much better at the bottom half, but here we are, Danny and I, doing our first live interview with George Jaramillo. Here you go. Welcome to the RTO Show with Danny and Pete. I'm your host, Danny. And I'm your host, Pete. And today we're talking to George Jeremio about rent to own and to, to be an OG in the, in the business for years and years and years and get some advice on what's going on in today's climate and rent to own. George is definitely an OG in the game. If you don't know about him, you're not from Tampa. I'll tell you that. <laughs> George, introduce yourself. Tell us how long you've been in the business. Well, um, been in the business since 2003. Started uh, at ranking. It was a just a long shot that I was actually before that I was working for Hertz and uh, one of my coworkers started working at ranking and said, "Hey, bro, they need a bilingual." You're the only douchebag that I know. Um, just gonna <laughs> have you come in and apply for the interview. And I actually went there uh, on my birthday and uh, applied for the job. And um, that's that's the beginning of a beautiful thing that I remember. That's awesome. How many how many RTO companies have you worked for? So so I started with ranking and I uh, I worked there from sales. I did collections, then uh, they offered me a position to uh, run a store. It was the Largo store. Um, took me about nine months to get to that uh, level with them, and um, hopefully I took that story and, and make it a very successful story in that store. We started at that store with 1,100 uh, items on rent, and by the time I got out of there, um, I left it at 1,500. We, we were over $1.7 million collected a year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. It was a good profit store, and uh, that got noted by um, the owners of the company, and they said, well, you're doing so well. Can you do that times six? <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah. I said, well, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. So... Uh, I got my first gig as a DM back in 2006. Um, and, and what you guys do is, is an amazing job because being a DM is no joke. You just have no breaks. You have no no time to family, nothing. It's, it's just work, work, work. And when you think you are off of one store, the other store crumbles down. And then there you go up with a fire hose to put them in more fires. So I work with uh, Rankin. Um, and I did that DM thing, and then I move on to uh, put fires out, go in and fix a store after a store after a store. So I run about six stores and just turn them around, get them profit-wise, get the key to another manager, and move on and move on. Until I uh, find myself uh, with one of the owners who said, hey, you know, I got the same problem, but in another company, in Grey Room. So I moved to Grey Rooms back in 2013, and I've been here since then, I think, just uh, so two companies to uh, to make a love story short and and really has, has been very uh, very fulfilling. Nice coming into a place, clean it, fix it, and move on to the next one. And now I'm just uh, enjoy the uh, all the hard work that we did in the beginning of this. And, and not to mention, uh, I'm gonna speak a little facts here, but you are the biggest great room store, correct? Well, in terms of yes. So to answer that, so we have the most bor. On rent, the most revenue collected, the biggest in profit. Yes. And we love that, but mostly the owners. <laughs> I bet they do. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> we, we just like to be part of, uh, of, of of being something that brings revenue. And then we got the owners uh, not yelling and screaming so much, but I always, you know, hey, thank you for the profits. Now I can afford a new Jaguar and get myself <laughs> a little vacation in Rome and uh, have a good time with my new boat. And we're all for that. It's just, there's no hate, it's nothing but love. Now, have you always been at this location for great rooms? Uh, yes. Uh, the other locations are way too far for me to travel in. Then they're independently owned by other guys. So this is the one that's owned by Larry Pibble and Chris Kell. So I'm just running the store for the time being. The other guys own and operate their own store. So unless, uh, you know, they get bought out, I have no <laughs> and, and And we're in the Armenia location. 
Correct. Just Manian Waters. There you go. So we're on Manian Waters in the Tampa Bay area. So you've done Rent King. You kind of almost conquered that. You got the DM role. Then you decided to take a, a move over to Great Rooms, try something different. Right. So then the question is, what what do you consider probably so to date one of your biggest achievements? So always always <laughs> the work never stops, guys. Never <laughs> and never. I, I I consider my achievements at at various man. It's every time I get to the store and uh, you know when you give it store the best and you get that day of the store and it's all in timbos. You work in there. You walk into the store. It's a mess. Credit is up the roof having lunch, lobster in, in this hour, the 30s and 40s and 50s. Uh, you delivery crew has very little uh, knowledge of what they have to do. So once you transform the floor of the store, you get your credit back in line and you train all your people, you consider yourself like you have accomplished anything. So you do that a couple of times and uh, you feel that is kind of your unique for, uh, for considering yourself that you do something about it. So it's an accomplishment guy. I feel like every store that I have and I have touched and I have worked on, take it from uh, a negative level to being positive and creating profit for the owners. Um, you feel like, yeah, this is a good accomplishment. This is something that uh, it shows that you're there with uh, a good plan, a good execution, and um, a good performance. And at the end, and it shows when you uh, see the profit from uh, red into a, a black number. So you're a fixer. So that's, that's, you, you know, hands down, that's your thing. You're a fixer. That's even, even at a personal, that's what you like to do. If, if it, the worse it is, the more you come in, you clean it up. And that's, that's, that's your accomplishment. That's you handle things. Exactly. It, it'll get you excited going to a place where they say, Hey bro, the store is a mess. Credit is a mess. Nobody wants to work. Morale is low. And you go there and you have to make a lot of changes. One is you have to perhaps change some of the crew, if not all the crew, and retrain people. But it's at the end of that. It doesn't take a day. It takes a couple months to get from one level to another. Um, I'll give you an instance. We moved to uh, I moved to the Brandon store, which is it was it was a mess. When you walked in, you just didn't <laughs> want to walk in. Um, credit was high, really freaking high. And um, as soon as I walked in, the drivers quit. It, oh my God! I didn't know what why was that belong or why was that outcome. But um, I guess uh, I was portrayed as the guy who uh, was going to get them fired anyway. So it took me uh, a month to get that, get the right crew, uh, get the right guy. I got a guy called uh, uh, Michael Michael Marine. Um, I got him into the collections, and we we worked on Mike. He's a great guy, man. I love that kid. He he was into it. And we work as a team. We clean it. We uh, we got credit back on track. And then the next one, we we hit start of the month, and the profits were back again. The, the store looked amazing. And then it just from then on, bro, it was just like, wow, we can do this over and over again. It's just the attitude that you have to have when you walk in the store, as if like whatever happened before is in the past. Now is a new rain. Let's all work together. And then when they see you as a DM or as a manager working along the guys. Hand in hand, making phone calls, building stuff, cleaning stuff, doing deliveries. They feel like we actually working as a team. It's not just a guy barking orders, have everything done. It's just a guy that does that plus does the work. Well, I mean, you got to have structure, right? Oh yeah. You know, you know, it's funny. I'm sitting here talking to both of you, and I'm 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 recapping. George, I know a lot about you, especially at ranking. So you know, went to Largo, blew it up. Uh, Brandon, he holds Pete. I'm telling you because you yeah, ran the brand store. He holds the record for the brand for the highest par right. to date. No one's ever been able to beat that. Right. You know, Pete. Also, you ran it very successfully when you were there in uh, 2018, 2018? Not 2019, yeah. all of 2019. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so ran Largo successfully. Ran Brandon successfully. Ran your division successfully. You've been doing great rooms very successfully. What What is, in your opinion? the number one key rule to running a successful RTO business? So I, I don't know if that's the number one, but it's what I apply. And, you know, everybody has a different taste and things that work for them. And with all respect, that that's great. But what does work for me is the moment I walk through the store, I got to start thinking if I was a customer and I walk into this store and one smells good, 
that, that is my first impression. So I mentioned that as soon as I walked in today. As soon as we walked in, Jordan was like, man, that's, it smells like Christmas in here. And your response was, Danny, it is Christmas. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we activate all kind of senses into the customer. So my first thing is, hey, when I walk in, I want to smell good. Then the second thing is I want to look something good. So the store's got to be like, hey, I'm having a big event and the president is coming. So let's have the store clean, tag. Now the third thing is customer service. So it's all about that interaction from the very beginning. I need to have somebody that is very upbeat. If I don't have that one, guess who's going to be? It's going to be me. And I'm a very upbeat guy. I come in, I tell the stupid jokes, you know, bad jokes, and come with a smile. And, and I'm here to serve you kind of attitude. Not to take your money, but to get to know you. And that way we crack some jokes, break the ice, have a conversation with the customer. And from that point on, the sell is going on. And after that, it's all about collections, how you treat the people, how well you know the people. And that, in a nutshell, from the moment you walk into the door until the moment you start making the payments, it's all a good experience. And based on that is how you bank on it. Man, that's, that's some solid advice right there. So when you, when you started, right, because you've been successful in the business for a while. But when you started, did you have somebody that you kind of mirrored your style off of? Or did you have somebody that you went to and said, you know, I, I want to do this? Or did you kind of just say, I'm George, this is what I'm doing, and I'm going to figure out how to make what I'm doing work? Well, my mentor uh, at the beginning was a guy named Chris Mueller. Um, Shout out to the get, mule! Get out of here, man. Chris Chris has been in the game for a long time. He was uh, that guy who has uh, me on the interview and uh, was a very solid guy, very straightforward. Um, so he was kind of my mentor for the rental home. Um, we knew as uh, Hispanics what rental home means because my mother used rental home. Mm-hmm. Uh, all our needs from furniture to appliances and but you know we were kids and I didn't know what uh, those things were getting paid how would they get paid but she was paying on them and goddamn she paid it all and we moved on so that was my my take on, on rental but now being on the other side of the spectrum um I have no idea what rental was until I walk into the store so we'll kind of took the uh the time and explain and, and this is what we do and this is how we do it and after a while, this is how we look into profits. This is what you got to collect at the end of the month. And, and kind of show me all the nitty gritty of, of that. Then I just add my um, sales skills mm. that I've obtained in my previous lives because I was a salesman way before that was born. <laughs> and, um, and then just added, combined them together and, and made up a very successful career that I think it is. I, I could definitely see that. You've been selling, I, you could sell ice to an Eskimo, George, couldn't you? <laughs> Well, I mean, not, not really, but I mean, it's too cold. I'm not going to. They come to Florida. Sure, I'm going to sell them for the drinks and stuff, but I'm not going to Canada, man. That's hey, so real quick, up top, you say you like dad jokes. I got one for you. All right, you're right. Okay. Why do cows have cowbells? Because their horns don't work. <laughs> Bro, stop. Stop it. Stop. You can use that one later. Yeah, you bet I will. So, okay, so you, you, you got trained. Chris Mueller, another legend in the game. Uh, you put your own sales twist on it. That's why you've been so successful. So what do you look for when you're hiring interviewing employees for yourself? If we look at 2019 and before that, mm-hmm. um, the interviews were, were fun to have. You, you actually were looking forward to meet new people, and we did a lot of uh, job fairs. and I love the job fairs because – I meet so many people, and, and, and it, it gets me going. Yeah, and that's, that's that's a great tool to get new new employees. Um, so back then, we we sat down with people, we analyzed what they're going to say. We were always thinking, we love their attitude, and then we would start just draining them with questions and, and what have you to give them the best position available to the qualities they have and whatever they bring to the table. So. My first take on those days were just an attitude. What attitude this guy have for the job? And I'm looking. Now, if you're a driver, all I need to know is can you lift and can you drive? And can you read instructions about how to put things together? And if so, we just I take him to the back and say, okay, build me this table. I, I gave you 15 minutes. I'll leave you alone. And I'll come back in 15 minutes. And they say, am I getting paid for that? No, this is part of the interview. Just want to make sure that uh, you can read instructions because it's, it's pivotal to this business that you do that. We, we're building a lot of stuff. That's prior 2019. Now, bro, from 
COVID days to this day, um, I have so many jobs opening and so little people showing up. Although everybody said that's coming and you have these phone interviews and everybody's unexcited and they never showed up. The ones that showed up, they're <laughs> underqualified. And the ones you'd be able to drain and, and, and get and, and filter that they don't show up the first day of work. And the ones that showed up the first day of work, they first they get the first check and then don't come. Mm. So it's it's now the uh, the interview process is, is just uh, literally uh, something new uh, for everybody. I imagine. So when I have the pleasure of having somebody, obviously they, they, they have the luck of uh, the plan is all lined up and we be able to sit him down and have a conversation with him. What we look for him is actually what I look for him is the attitude they have and what questions does they have me and for the company that's a first giveaway that these people really want to do this and they really want to work and they really are going to be invested on whatever we bring them to the table and then the last thing we always talk is everybody's uh, thing is, is well, how am i getting paid what am i getting paid and all those things and we created a bonus plan for everybody and our salaries are very very competitive with every other industry the managers make good money um Anything between forty to sixty thousand dollars a year, and for what we do, really is a good paycheck. Um, so it's attitude in a nutshell. It's, it's, it's you have their attitude, and you're a good fit for our attitude here in the store in terms of collections and sales. And because we deal with you guys as a family, uh, as an employees, more than we deal with our own kids. I mm-hmm. see my kids maybe two hours a day. I see <laughs> these guys for eight hours a day. So I I know what they like. I really know what. I know their families, I know their issues, and I even know, I look at my clock and say, hey, bro, it's 11 a.m., isn't that the time you need to go to the bathroom because, uh, you know, you're on a schedule for that. So we get to know our employees that much, that long, then um, they need to be a good fit for us, and, and that's probably the best part of uh, interviewing people, getting to add another member to your family. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Unlimited Marketing Solutions is a social media marketing company that can market directly to your specific customer base and provide solid and trackable results. Unlimited Marketing Solutions are also extremely flexible to meet your unique needs and budget and are currently running a promotion for 10% discount off your first six months of marketing when you mention the code RTO Show. That's R-T-O-S-H-O-W when you call them at 352-553-3245. You can also email them at Unlimited Marketing Solutions, LLC at gmail.com. And now back to the podcast. So when you first started, right? You started with Mule. Right. And he, and he kind of brought you in and kind of showed you everything. What would you say the best advice that you had gotten or some advice that you would give to somebody who's new to the business, who you want to be successful? What advice would you give them? And, and what advice did you get? Maybe the words of wisdom that, that Mueller gave you that would say, hey, Man, that, that really stuck with me for, for my years of being in rent home. So um, that all depends on what position you work in. Um, I, I remember the best advice Mule gave me in terms of uh, managing your crew as you always, always are listening. So, you know, it, it, it seems like you just walking by and uh, pretending to uh, do something but in reality, you are listening to the conversations of the guys in collections and you linger for a little bit to see the outcome of that conversation. And then at any time, sometimes I, I do the same and sometimes he did that. He goes and, and tap you on your shoulders and put it, put it in a hole and you have to talk to the customer. Say, hey, let me put you in a hole because I, I got something going on and I'd be right back with you. It's, and then he, there comes the advice from the mule. Um, I want you to look at the history. I want you to look at the last payment, when, how much payment his customers are paying in total since he opened the account, how much he has paid since he had the first account, how late it has been, and um, look at the history of all the payments and look what he's got and what value it represents to you. Um, do you think this customer has something that you can resell or it has something that you don't want to back? And with that in mind, make the best conclusion out of that conversation. So it's a lot of things to look at, but it's the same advice that I give to my collection team when they are. So it's not like, oh, give me the phone I handle with this customer because then my employee's not going to learn anything, but hey, I got a really bad customer. Let me give you this phone to you. Right. So 
for that reason, I, I learned that from the mill. And, and then that kind of keeps me away from collections while I'm supervising collections is being done the right way. So my advice, it, it'll be that. Now for the drivers, it's always like, bro, you, you got to lift with your legs, not your back. Right. Yeah, right. Cause that's, and don't ever jump on the truck. And you know, it's funny. I said that don't jump on the truck and people look at you. It's like, why would I jump in the truck? And before I know, they're jumping off the truck and landing on their feet and hurting themselves as I call. Yes. That is, that is amazing. So the advice for the sales guy is just like, bro, this is retail. So um, remember the life you had? Yeah, that is over. Uh, over. <laughs> it's now from uh, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. between calling, getting customers, typing, getting the store ready for the next day. That is retail, and that's five days a week. It used to be six, but five days a week now. So the advice is always uh, you're entered to uh, uh, you know, a twilight zone where you get compensated for the time you're given. You're going to have a lot of family, new members, and I'll have tons of fun, but it, it's a change. It's a change. It's, it's something you cannot see when you have an interview when you first come in, but it's something that it, as you move in, it will get into you. You know, speak, speaking of sales, um, you've been around for a while. So have you noticed yourself a, a decrease in foot traffic and an increase in web leads, web sales? And how have you transitioned into this new sales atmosphere? It is it is so much indeed, bro. That is an amazing. There's some days that you barely see people in the store. Only the ones that come and pay because uh, they 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 built on that relationship that somehow they have to come in, look at your ugly face and say, yeah, there's my money. And uh, how the heck you're doing? Other than that, man, it, it's all web leads uh, mainly. And uh, unfortunately, um, we have to deal with it as, as part of our, our daily basis. So now instead of, oh, well, let me show you what I have on the floor is let me text you what I have on the floor. Let me send the you pictures, some pictures. Right? Yeah. yeah, pictures. Send pictures you big. some pictures and, and send you the price and now they'll be like, oh, I'm looking for this on the catalogs. Well, you can go to the website, and then we can do this together over the phone because you don't want them to hang up and you don't have any information about it. So they're looking at the website. You're looking at the website, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're looking at MyGreatRooms.com. There you go, and this is uh, the furniture that we have, and I can get you that. You see the price. Um, I can order that for you, and we take the order form. You're going to email me proof of income or proof of residency or proof your ID. And everything is done. You don't even know the customer. And we'll put them on automatic payment. So we just like, we never see this guy. So it's a big difference. But it's still the relationship gets built over text, phones, and messages rather than in person. But it's what it is. And it's something new. Do you feel like it's easier or harder to build that relationship because it's digital versus face-to-face? I know I've been in the industry a long time. I know Danny's been doing it now a while. I, I'm always been a face-to-face person. I like when somebody comes in or at least on the phone so they can hear my inflection or when I say something or, or they know when I'm, I'm, I'm making a joke. It's not, you know, on, sometimes on text, it doesn't sound the same, right? You, you mm-hmm. say it and you're like, oh God, I hope I didn't offend anybody. But now digitally, do you find it harder to really make that connection? It is indeed harder um, to make that connection because they don't know you and they know the voice. Um, and sometimes when they come to the store, they look at you as like, well, you don't sound like Melissa. It's like, well, I'm not Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No, so that's what you're looking for. I, I get it right away. But, um, And you kind of lost all that talk that you have, not related to business. Because uh, sometimes you talk to the customer and you find common grounds like, oh, I like old cars. Oh, shit, what are you building now? Oh, I'm building right. a 65 Caddy. Something that on text, it doesn't come up or uh, many of the customers, they come in and they know uh, uh, I love cooking. Um, I used to be a chef back back in the days. So we talk about food recipes and uh, new diners coming around or, or some food. And, and that's something that the test doesn't allow you. But if you are in front of somebody, you can come up with conversations regarding food, holidays, sports. And no, I don't think I'm staying away is politics, religion. And, uh, and I, I think that that's and mother-in-laws. <laughs> see, uh, maybe maybe because I'm a millennial, but see, I, I am a texter. I, you know, I love this business. I love generating reports and relationship. But see, I find it so much easier through text and emails 
because one, I'm multitasking. Two, I can talk to multiple people at the same time. I can have meaningful conversations. I can close a sale. Actually, I, I just saw some scientific evidence that people who multitask actually don't. It, it's actually less. Um, so if I was devoting myself to just one task, I'd actually do it a lot better than somebody who multitasks. No, I think that's, yeah, I think so. You got, so you know, you got to be careful, like like doing too many things at once. If a customer is there, do you really give them all the attention that they should get? I don't know. That's why I kind of like it face to face. But I understand that that's not the way it's going. It's actually going I, I, I to more digital. Say, I think yeah. we can agree though. It's going into that era though. It's already oh, here, and a lot of the millennials they don't want the chit chat. They want straight to the point. Hey, how right. much is this? Okay, cool. Yeah. My payments. All right, set me up. Talk to you next week. Agreed. 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 That is uh, what I see the most in younger people. Um, that that is what they go for, and then um, you got to go with it if you want the business. Now, if you're looking at older generations, then they're still into some and some, some texting because they want to be part of it, but some actually rather be talking to people, even over the phone or when they come in. So we have to combine ourselves and mute ourselves to a, a new ways of business that if we want to be active, if we want to be profitable, if you want to be in the know, if, as you will say. So what do you, what do you think? In the last 15 years, let's just say the 50, last 15 years, because I think the internet really started hitting big, what, 2005 or something like right. that, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. What, is that the biggest change that you've probably seen in Rent-to-Own? Is it going the digital route or is there a, another big change that's happened probably in the last decade and a half that kind of sticks out even more? So one thing that I like, bro, is um, I remember when I started, we have this projection TVs. I remember when it was Apex oh, and God, yes. the 65-inch. <laughs> yes. It was all wooden case. That thing needs three people to get delivered. And it's got these little wheels that it, it were not meant to hold any weight more than two pounds. <laughs> they break just by you looking at them. So to take that monster of a TV to a second floor, you definitely need to have three guys. Um, now to think of that versus a 65 inch TV today, uh, it, it just, I, one person can carry that lightly. Um, so technology, I, I can see the big things, uh, getting lighter and lighter and better quality and pictures and all that. Um, furniture is still the same. Couches are still the same, although some couches come with, uh, you know, portable chargers, automatics, massagers, and all this. Um, beds now comes with, um, adjustable frames in a box, right? Yeah, in a box and adjustable frames with, uh, you know, Wi-Fi and massagers and, uh, portable things for charge the phones and what have you. So technology has, has improved so much. And, and I love that part that keeps us up on our feet. Um, but in, in terms of rent to own, I think that we are doing so well on rent to own that we have competition from places that we have never seen. Some of the companies that now start financing anything and everything, uh, they're doing that basically rent to own. You can pay them weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. So if I'm going to do my roof in my house, there, there's a company that finance me rent to own it. The roof, tires, uh, works like pet boys. You can have your whole engine being financed, but another company doing rent to own. Um, so now we have so much competition, not only on, on our furniture, but everything else. So um, that kind of yeah, sucks because uh, it was nice to be the king on rent to own now that everybody's doing it. We kind of coming down. So that part of, uh, of the last 15 years, it, it's, it's a scary. It's a scary, but we're still here. We're still here. Talking about like like competition and social media, right? competition in general, and then you bring in social media, there's a lot of platforms, you know, there's Instagram and Facebook, but you're doing pretty good on TikTok. Where did that come from? So it, it is funny, bro. Um, my boss was telling me, uh, you better listen to the new technology. And I was like, bro, I, it, it's one thing to see them. It's another thing to make them. And and you have to have some, some know-how, some qualities. And I'm always looking at them as like, how the hell am I going to pick this thing out? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't. So um, we have a market manager uh, called Amberly Maya, which is, she does a fantastic job for all of us in terms of. She helps us way more yep. than we Shout should. out oh, yeah. to Amberly. <laughs> she, she's an amazing woman. God bless her. But obviously, she's not going to have the time to, and the patience, mainly the patience, to say, hey, George, this is how do you do? And you take a picture and you do this <laughs> and you do that and you add the music and all this thing. I I I wouldn't put her through that because I, I, I'm actually a normal human being that I 
films for people that have to deal with me. So the best way was to look for somebody um, young enough, relatable enough, that can do those things. And I have a customer that said, hey, my daughter just graduated from high school and she's looking for a job to do. So I interviewed her and said, what do you know about TikTok? She said, well, I'm all over TikTok and I can <laughs> make a million TikToks and I can post on Facebook and I can make reels on Facebook and I can do this and I can do that. And I know how to use filters, music and all this. And I, I look at her like she was talking Chinese to me and I said, <laughs> you're hired. I mean, when can you start? That, that's that's how. So um, she's been doing it and she's just 19 years old. Um, fresh out of high school and she's going to college. Um, so she's a part-timer. And she's all up in that business, man. I, I, I couldn't be more happy to have her. Um, very, uh, very good kid. Does very well. And um, just just glad to be part of, of that experience. I, I, I personally love watching her TikTok. She does I, a great I, job. I follow the store. I love it. You know, Thank this you. is one of the biggest debates I have with people in this business, especially the older generation, no offense guys, but um, because a lot of the guys that are not comfortable with the social media, one of their biggest questions always is, well, where's my return? Where's the, you know, I'm not going to get any sales. That's not what the social media is for. The right. social me- You're not going to generate sales from it. What do is brand your store, your company. Brand awareness. Brand awareness. So see, here's the thing. Like, I would probably, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, Great Rooms... St- Armenia stands in my mind because of all the funny TikToks she does right. that it makes me interested. Man, let me go check them out. Right. You know, it, it's, it's not even deals. Like, you know, I, I can't even think of all the funny stuff she does. I can't even think of something that was really promotional. It was just more of like just funny skits. And she's and she's doing product placement. Like she's showing the products. Uh, she, you know, Black Friday I saw, was she, that's where she got more direct with the promotions of the right. sales. But all the other times, it's just like funny stuff. Like the thing that sticks out to me the most, she just did a recent one where it starts off like the universe and it goes to Earth and then it goes to Florida and then it comes straight to your store, Great yeah, Rooms. And then one. just a caption, we were meant to meet together. You know, but see how I can remember that? Yeah. I have no idea what sales going on. What's on sale right now? But <laughs> I know Great Rooms Tampa is on TikTok and they're funny. Right. You know, so. And, yeah. And, and to add to that is just that it, it I see the outcome of all those because um, they don't come um, and they don't call or come and call and say, hey, I saw your ad on, on TikTok and I'm interested on the TVs. Bro, the funny thing is, hey, I saw. She has something called Boss Diaries. Okay. Yes, yes I love seeing yes, that, bro. I, yes. And I'm glad that you you are a team player and you let her do that because I actually look forward to those as well. Yeah, I have to. So just like the, the first thing they say is, okay, I feel bad for George, but you look like an idiot in there. It's like, hey, bro, I look <laughs> idiot everywhere. It doesn't mean there. That's the only it's just product placement. I'm an idiot. I was there. I can look that bad anywhere. But that instigates conversation. And many of things that come in and say, hey, I saw that girl in TikTok and um, it made me wonder what else you guys do. What do you guys sell? Boom. And and that is that is the thing. They don't come in for a particular reason, but it's the beginning of a phone call, beginning of a conversation. Yeah. I saw that girl in TikTok. That that is the number one thing we hear, and that's the reason wow. they call in. And hey, I'm see, happy. I see that as a one-two punch. Yeah. Because she can she can cast that line out there and get the people to come in. And then when you come in, you got somebody who's seasoned, who knows how to talk to people. Okay, well, now we're face to face. This is where I can shine. Right. And show you the product. Show you how to all the features and benefits to make this happen. So so real quick, because because a lot of people like facts and figures. So real quick, right. if you don't mind me sharing, how many customers, active customers, do you have? And there's a reason why I'm asking. I'm gonna tell you why. Right. So right now we have 340. Okay, 342 customers. But you have over 2,000 followers on TikTok. Right. That's the key. That's what I'm trying to demonstrate. Is so you could potentially grow more customers by continue marketing because right. you have 2,000 active followers on that social media platform alone. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what's the percentage of 342 to 2,000? You know what I mean? It, well, it's less than 25%. But the thing is, uh, and, and that's a great thing to, to also add to that on November we grew up, um, I think it was 47 customers. In 23 of those, they were related to TikTok. Oh, see? So wow. That is, that's what it is. That's the numbers. Yeah, I was just that's talking numbers. to Larry Pivotal on my team the other day because, you know, we just had Black Friday. So as DMs, you know, I got to go audit all these rents. And when I'm looking at these new customers, a couple of my stores, half of the customers said Facebook or social media. Exactly. exactly. I mean, but it goes hand in hand. You have to ask 
how did you hear about us? But really oh, ask yeah. and like dig into it and then, you know, oh, I drove by. No, you didn't. Nobody's driving by anymore. Drive by is websites now, first off, okay? And that's a different meaning yeah, yeah. in another world. But so speaking of which, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears here real quick. So because I'm a big believer in social media, but is there any other marketing, maybe guerrilla marketing that you use that you feel works still? So the other market is is the old school. So um, we, I am very picky of, of doing EDDMs. Okay, but you're I, a big fan of that. I, I am, okay. bro, and it works for me like a charm. But I, I, I'm a very systematic. I got my own plan. I know where I'm going with my EDDMs. Um, we have five zip codes that we hit constantly. Um, it is a cost effective, but it, it creates results. Um, and again, it's not somebody that walks in with the flyers and say, I just got this flyer, sell me. That, that, that's not the case. Um, along the conversation, when you talk to the customer, you find out, so how do you hear about us? What the hell? You're here instead of Renaissance. Well, back in April, you sent me a flyer that, that says this TVs are this much. And my TV was working fine till yesterday. Right. And, there you are. Now I remember what I saw that freaking place, and uh, I'm here because of the flyer I got some time in the past. Um, and, and that works. So as you said, Danny, it's just creating that brand, that, that thing that people say, yeah, I'm not going to go to great rooms and buy me a burger. But now I'm, I have a no TV or my freeze word out, or I need an AC, or I, my mattress, or my mother-in-law's coming, and I had nothing but nails on the floor for her. Let me buy a mattress. Uh, there you go. So that that is that branded, but that works for me. The other thing is, I got so many apartment complaints, and hopefully they're not hearing this. So we <laughs> we go after. Yeah, I already know where you're going with yeah. this. Different demographics, so they listen. I don't think they can listen to us. Yeah, I, I hope not. Particularly the uh, the um, managers or the management team. So we go after um, all the uh, service guys that work on those apartments are gone, and that's about four thirty to five. So after five, we go and just hang doors and all the apartments because it's the only time we can go there. The people will come right after, grab that, whether they throw it in the garbage or they have it inside the house. But there's no evidence that we did anything because by the next day in the morning, um, they're all gone. Um, so we don't have that blood going on with them. Hey, come and pick up your flyers. You guys were not authorized to come in. And unofficially, we can do that without their authorization. But that's, that's the nick of, of what we're doing. Something that Danny and I always ask, because this, this business is really divided up into two halves, right? Right. Are you a credits person or are you a salesperson? No, I'm, I'm always, and I always have been uh, a sales guy. It, even from, from a young age, my mother and I um, were uh, working together at our home. Um, God, uh, God bless my mom, a single mother, raising two kids. Amen to that. Yeah. So... Um, she showed me the ropes of selling, and I used to sell powder door-to-door. I used to sell vacuums door-to-door. Um, I work in her restaurant, and I was the waitress, and, you know, I always up trying to upsell more people into more food. So by nature and by uh, by a long time, I've been always in sales, and it, it's just my nature, and I love sales. Although when I got in here, it, you know, you have to learn new things, and then collections become my train hobby. I love to train people in collections because you have somebody that is willing to work with somebody that doesn't know and try to get some money. And when we school them on how to do it and how to do it better, and they get that result, they get that money, they get that payment, uh, it's good for them because they learn a new skill and, and you feel like, bro, this is nothing. You just got to be confident enough that you're talking to somebody that owes you money and that money is yours. Um, and you just got to get it to the drawer. That That is all there is. So, in a nutshell, I'm more of a sales guy. But you are heavily involved in your credit. I, I have to. I don't I think you to. can be one or the other, like away from one too much for the other. Like you, you can be a salesperson, but you got to be in credit. Or you can be a credit person, but you got to be involved in sales. But there's always like that line, right? Somebody like, I'm just a little bit more of a salesperson. Great. I am. Danny's more of a credit guy. I, I'm fit, I am 51 credit, 49 sales. Like I walk right, in, right, right, I, right. I do. I walk in the door. And I'm with you, George. You know, first and foremost is a showroom, sight, sound, smells. Make sure I'm looking good because yeah. that's the 49% of sales in me. Is like I know that's my silent salesman right there. You can't right. sell to nobody if, you know, you got a crappy showroom, no yeah. product, whatever. But once that's taken care of, my mind does immediately go, let me start calling my active customers and make sure we're on the same page here. And then I've always... 
need want personally I don't want an assistant credit manager i want an assistant salesperson let them do a lot of the marketing reel them in now don't get me wrong i can sell i am very confident you know i i personally hate telemarketing you know what i'm saying like we me, me and pete we talked about this like you know if you give me a paid in full list and tell me start calling these customers i'm already rolling my eyes i do not want to call these i don't want to make sales i'm calls. like let's go no, let's go let's go i don't want to do that paid in full let's go but but tell me to call a route. Boom, I'm there. I got this. See, that's, that's you know, part of what, what Danny and I wanted to do in the podcast was to show the many sides of the same part of the industry. Right. And it's like, I I will do credit, right? It's part of the industry. It's part of what we have to do. It's part of how we make yeah, our money. Definitely. But, man, he gets he gets excited. You see that? You got excited. I'm going to make some calls. I'm going to call my credit. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm my- like, man, you give me that paid in full list. I, that's my bread and butter right there. So... You know, everybody approaches it with such a different view, and that's why we wanted to talk to people in this industry. We've been doing a long time and doing different companies and different things because everybody's going to have that one thing that they gravitate towards, right. whether it's having uh, you know a lot of customers and a lot of accounts, or running lean or running heavy or whatever the case is. And man, I, I'm, I'm a sales guy. I'm right. the same way. I'm a sales guy. I love to make those sales, and and in reverse. My assistant guy would be the credit guy. Right. And then I would go in there and listen, you know, hey, whoa, whoa, slow down. Or, yeah, no, we need to get that guy now. Right. But then I would go out and say, hey, how you doing, Ms. Jones? You getting that thing today, right? Correct. Where that's just that's just the personality. And I think, bro, for my benefit, it, it works better when um, I'm concentrated on getting more customers in. Like, come in, buy, buy. Come on. This is what we got. Get this. Get that. Get that. And then. I just go back the next day and said, okay, who's who's the one not paying? Who's the one that we got to get out? What the hell are we doing with this customer that's over 15 and we don't have any information that's valid? None of the phone is working and uh, we got to go visit them. So always I believe that the success is sell, 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 and then collect. Well, so so I personally have a saying, and it's even my tagline in my email, and the, and the slogan is credit first, sales always i'm always selling but i am a big believer of nice tight credit makes it easier growth that's why so the tighter my overs are the easier it is for me to generate and put more customers on top because i got a good handle on it true that true that so we started doing this to kind of shed a light in the rent home industry but one of the things that we come across is that rent home has like this stigma right that ah, it's rent home yeah, we got oh, a I don't bad reputation out there we got a bad rep and i don't understand why i mean now that i'm taking a look at it we're, we're trying to shine not just a light but a big light right you've got your girl that's doing the tiktoks we're trying to do videos we're trying we're trying to get everybody to see this is not the boogeyman right we're not the boogeyman of the industry why do you think rent home has had such a crazy stigma coming unto now I, and I'm, I'm a very, very much uh, a witness to that. So, and everything that I have and, and I've seen, once I walk to a new store, and let's say this store, one, looks bad. Second, credit is high. And third, all the people are demoralized for whatever reason of previous management. What comes after that is all the customers that were mistreated by the drivers, mistreated by the manager. Uh, they couldn't talk to the guy in collections. And now they go about, and everybody in their neighborhood, don't go there because they're a bunch of a-holes. From the drivers to the managers, you can't talk to nobody. They're just bad people or horrible people. They're there to rob you, stab you, kill you, take your kids, rape you, and then, <laughs> you know, and hide the dogs because they. I heard they eat hot dogs for dinner. So, bro, it, it is that. It's just that you build that bad reputation with a bad management and a bad crew. And, and then after a while, you come in, you clean the store. Customers come in to make the normal payment, and they said, "Oh, this this place smells good. And it's looking better." And I see a bunch of new faces, and and look at you, you're smiling. Well, let me tell you about my life. So I got a problem with my dog when I was born, and all these things, and they start spilling the guts. When they walked out, they walked out with a better attitude than they walk in. And now they start talking to the customers or their friends. It's like, yeah, I went there. They went to a holes before, but now they got. No new crew. This new guy is a bullheaded guy. Go ahead. He's <laughs> he's kind of funny looking, but very nice. He he treats you well. He listens to you, and then I'm happy. So that stigma comes always from a bad management, and and I can I can tell you that because it happens to every store I went to. Customers go there, nothing but complain the first day. And what we do is just sit back and listen. Let it all vent out. They come out and 
bro, once they finish telling you the same story four times, you kind of stop and say, okay, well, that, that's then and this is now. Um, so the stigma comes from that. Bad management, really bad crew, demoralized people. Because if you have a really driver that don't feel like he's going anywhere and he goes to drop your TV and he drops the TV. He's the a, last thing that they see. Yeah, yeah. That's the last thing they see. And, and they said, well, he came here and dropped my TV and took off. Didn't even turn it on. Now this cracked TV and I don't even have remote control. He said, F yourself. If you want a remote screen, you just go get some <laughs> other place. Don't come to my store. So, you know, that's the moralizing. Bro. Yes, the drivers. We talk about this all the time. The drivers is very an important position in the industry. And we got to set that tone almost immediately. Well, I think it starts at the drivers. That's why we put out it that. It starts and finishes with the drivers. You want to train the drivers right because if you don't do that, it doesn't matter what you do in a store. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's that, that start. You start the, the right way. They come in, you greet them, you take care of everything, and then they walk out and they go home. And if they're not treated in their home right, it doesn't matter where they get treated outside. They want to get that treatment in home. Like, okay, they took care of me. They set it up. They looked at it. Yeah, I might have moved it three times. Yeah, I want right. it over here. Nope, no, you know what? I want it over here. Correct. But they didn't give me that, oh, man. Like, come. They moved it. They took care of it. They turned it on. They asked me if I knew how to use it. They gave me the remote. They plugged an HDMI to the cable box and even kind of connected it. It was a little bit out of their league, but they did it for me. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't have to pay for that? That was included? That That is that is the big seller, bro. And um, to have uh, the drivers just ask them before they leave, you have any questions? Do you understand the agreement? Right. Do you right, know right, when right. your next payment is? Do you remember how much cash uh, you have to pay and how long do you have to pay that same as cash? And now remember, if you have any issues with whatever it is that you're having, just call and ask for the manager. They always throw my name in there because I, I guess I'm Mr. Fix-It. Just ask for the manager. He'll he'll take care of you. Any questions, by all means, just uh, that. And we are glad to have your business. Thank you so much for the business. And if we train the drivers to do that and leave the last impression as a good impression, it makes so much of difference when we call them back and say, um, this is your first payment. Um, is everything okay with the delivery? The delivery was fantastic. Um, there is my money. And it helps collections easier. And it helps build a better reputation, and it helps get more things sold. So, so we we we've talked about a couple of things: uh, interviewing, social media, how how we've kind of evolved, you know. So, you you mentioned earlier, you know, when we were talking about the interview, like, oh, this was 2019 before 2019 was fun. So, in your opinion, how has COVID and the pandemic affect RTO, and what's the pros and cons? All right, um, it has helped. A lot of things that helped. Um, one of the things I remember being open Sundays and uh, working on oh, Sundays it was thank no. God we're closed no, now. Yeah. Close now. Yeah, man, working on Sunday was yes. no fun for anybody. Right. Uh, I remember working plenty of Sundays, and the way we we had it is that I work a Sunday, then my sales guy works a Sunday, then my um, my assistant works on a Sunday, and then I work the next Sunday. So out of the month, I work two Sundays, and, and that's fine because it's four or five hours, but. It's four to five hours that I could be uh, doing things at home, uh, spending time with the kids or, or or just watching TV and doing nothing. But for that matter, I'm very grateful that we're not working on Sundays. We actually work in five days, and, and I enjoy that. The thing that I don't like about COVID, bro, is uh, other than having many of my employees sick constantly uh, for A, B, Z reasons, or have, we have plenty of, of them having the COVID and Missing a week or two from employment, I myself did that too. Um, that which is not fun. Is this the uh, during the COVID? I, I remember days that we didn't see a single soul in the store other than the employees. We were open throughout COVID yeah. Yeah. every single day, but there was many days that we didn't see a soul coming through, not even to make a payment. So that kind of diminished and evaporated the traffic there, new leads and everything. We learned a new business now, which is all text message and send pictures and and have that so it it kind of retires some of our good walking customers and to uh just since i've been doing business with you i'm just calling you and i need a laptop will deliver i need a game system will deliver i need a mattress will deliver i need a bedroom set will deliver i need a couch i'm gonna send you pictures of what because i don't know what the hell you want <laughs> but will deliver so we we, we stopped seeing many customers bro and and that uh, put a hint on it. Um, the other thing is things got extremely freaking expensive. I oh, remember yeah. couches oh, yeah. that we were purchasing at half the price that we're paying now. 
and they said, oh, well, it's only 10% of, of increase. It seems like it's 100% because we used to pay $300 for a couch, and now we're paying $600. That, that's not 10%. That's well, if everybody ups it to 10%, right? So you yeah. got the 10% on the base price, 10% on the freight, 10% on the fuel yeah. surcharge. Then it comes into the store. We have to make some of that money back, unfortunately. And, and, yeah. and every, it always gets passed on. Right. So then that's another 10%. Before you know it, it's 50%. Well, hell, I mean, that's that's where it's at. It is. It is an amazing. So now we, we understand that. And people still have the same money. It's not like their money has increased. Uh, increased. Right. They still have the same budget. So now, in order for us to continue doing the business, rather than being 18 months rent to own, we we have to tag everything for 24 months and extend it for six more months. So that way, the customer doesn't feel like, oh, damn, I was used to pay $30 for this couch, and I got to pay $60. i am going to stay with the old couch. So now we have to work some way in, in the sense that we will get our profits. It's going to take another six months to get our full profits, but uh, there's another adjustment that we have to do, and that's a thing that I don't like about it. But... It is what it is, and at least we're bringing some profits. Well, that's the wise words of wisdom from George uh, at Great Rooms on Armenia. What are some of the topics that you think that we should cover here on the show? Something that you would want to hear as somebody who's been in the business a long time, not just attracting the new people to rent to own, but people that might not know the industry as well as you do. What's something that you would like to hear for us to talk about, some kind of topics that we should discuss? Well, I believe, guys, in, in this business, it's all about training. Oh. And, and sometimes, <laughs> man... Um, I see that we bring new people to this business with the hopes that the manager will train him or the hopes that somebody else will train him. And people get frustrated when you spend one week or two weeks or three weeks or a month and all you do is the same little thing. Oh, you just do that. We don't want you to learn anything. We, uh, You just make that phone call and I'll tell you what to make. Or you go ahead and, and hit these people and you just go knock the door. If they open, immediately call me. I'll talk to them. So I believe that we should have, um, like many other companies that I used to work for, some sort of a lab work mm. where we bring employees that have no freaking clue what rent on is. And you bring them to this lab or school or what have you. And you have already all these scenarios playing out. And this is what we're going to do. Like, for instance, you bring the drivers and you're going to teach them how to blanket the stuff, how to protect the stuff in the truck, how to strap things the right way, how to set up a TV, how to set up a, a Wi-Fi and how to connect all these things, um, how to build a, from a nice stand to a complete bedroom set just for the driver. So when they go out, they know how to plug a dryer and make sure it works. They know how to test for 220 or 110. They know how to plug a washing machine. They know how to take the refrigerator doors off if they need to deliver to a, a trailer that only fits, you know, two feet on wide. Um, all those things got to be thought. And the same train of thought is just teach how somebody is going to be doing collections, how to deal with the customer, how to deal with an angry customer, how to explain that history payments, how to look into all this factors that will make the customer understand our process because if we don't know about rent to own the customers that start with us know a lot less of rent to own how these things work and who better to explain that than the guy who's actually trying to get some money but if he doesn't know how immediately goes to the manager now the manager is everywhere i'm also you know it'll be great if we can have the same laugh with training managers that will know everything from the delivery collection sales marketing to the point where you throw them into the store, they'll be like, I can do this because I know how to do this. It's like taking a high school kid and putting him to run a store. We're not freaking help clue on, on intentions on being successful. But, yeah, we demand them to be successful at all veils. And like, well, figure it out. Nobody's going to figure it out, everything. You can figure some things out. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about how we teach them and what we teach them. And how long are we going to spend the time? Because after that, it's all repetition, repetition, repetition to get them going well. But to get to that repetition, you have to learn what you're going to repeat and how constantly you're going to repeat it is is about teaching. So a great thing for you guys, I think, that will be promoting to have some sort of school, RTO school. Um, there will be, you know, from level one to maximum grade will be a manager. And everybody that goes there will come out of there knowing something. Every store is different, and every store will have different type of customers. You have to deal with them different. But the actual essence of rent to own can be thought in a school-like environment, and that will be great. And I know you guys have 
between the two of you have plenty of, of experience. Danny, you're, you're getting collections, and I'm sure you be able to teach these kids everything that you seem to be right for them to at least grab the first phone and start making calls without just being thrown out. And they, This is a phone, and this is how you call. <laughs> This is the numbers. You press these numbers. You see the numbers on the screen. And when somebody asks you, you say, give me my money, bitch. Or else. Or else. <laughs> you know, all that and that. And, and you know, Chris Kale said, I remember when I first started in this industry, I went to a, a manager meeting. And he said, if all you're going to do is call a customer and say payment or pickup, then I can get a monkey and a parrot to do your job. Right. A monkey right. to dial the numbers and a parrot to say payment or pickup, payment or pickup. And... You know, I, it's so funny you're talking about training and we're looking at each other laughing and, and looking at each other because we literally just had an episode about that. We've been talking about it because we feel the same way. We feel like it's it's one of those things we're churning through so many people right now. And as as the people who are in the business, we got to look back and go, why? What, what's going on? Are we not doing something wrong? Because if we're getting them in, they're not staying. There has to be something going on. And I think it's I think it falls into the training. You know, they, they, they see something like, I have no idea what you're doing. I don't want to call people. I don't know how to talk to people when they come in the door. You know, I might be good at texting. I mean, I can move stuff, but I don't really know how to do this. They walk out instead of us. And I'm not trying to blame any one store, or any part of the industry. But if we sat them down and said, this is really what you're getting into, right? This, let me show you how to do this so they can feel secure about it. Changes the world. Exactly. Again, it's a new era. And, you know, we've been talking about this. And I know we're really going to try to implement a new onboarding training class for rank king in the 23 because so it, it, it's a it's a it's a generation thing here's the thing you guys are a little bit older than me but i i went through the same training experience and it was sink or swim that was our training you did you go to a class did you go to school for rent to own or did you learn side by side with chris mueller how to do everything i learned side okay by side. so pete your first person right same thing with me it's like hey, this is what you do you know, you get some very basic, and then it was kind of like, let you go out a little bit, bring you back in. Let you go out a little bit, bring you back in. And that was the training. But these kids, and I say kids, but millennials, they, they're not going to operate. They're not going to be successful Gen that Z, way. Gen Z is like, really, really probably even far too. off worse. Like, they need the more training. And, and in fact, you know, I'm even thinking that might be part of a hiring process. It's more of like a classroom session. This is what you're going to experience. Are you sure you want to be part of this industry? Because they they might get into it like whoa I gotta call I gotta go to people's houses well that might be nope. you know yeah. that might be one of the things we're talking about a video that would video would be great for that you know put some on the job videos and say hey this is what you can get yourself into and not you know not the bad thing because there's always good and bad but at least to say hey you're gonna be dialing this is what you'll be doing like computer work where you're dialing you're talking to people okay done you might have to go to a customer's home and, and diagnose things that's done you might have to talk to somebody who has no idea what they want they they, they know they want something but they don't know what what now you got to go out there and kind of figure it out and kind of kind of get it out of them without really just going, hey, what do you want, right? Like you got to get out to, what are your needs? You know, how big is your family? What are you trying to do with this? Are you trying to match any type of decor? How many how many chairs do you want? Where, where am I? I'm fitting in a, a trailer or a, an apartment or a huge house. What, what are we doing? And sometimes I think that's daunting for some people, you know? Uh, and, and maybe we should do that. We should, hey, you know, watch this 10-minute video. Let right. me know. Is this what this is for you? But you know, also guys, what, what I think is that Every manager has a strength and every manager has a, a good team in, in certain things. So like, for instance, if I was to hire a new driver, I will send a new driver for a week to another good mm. driver that I have in the company that hang yes. with this guy, train yes. this guy, have him going, teach him, make sure that he knows how to back up a truck because everybody knows how to do things until they have to do it. And the same thing with collections. I just send that new guy, say, hey, hang out with... Uh, Brownlow or, or or anybody that is done collections, it, it don't mind having somebody shadow him. Uh, listen to the conversations the first day, the second day. Hey, you're gonna make conversations. You're gonna make phone calls to somebody that's five days and down all the way yeah. to zero days, yeah. and see how comfortable you feel. The next day, they do from ten days down to zero days, and then now you're having somebody to be able to look at history before he makes a call and somebody that's over. And, and know what's going on, what does he have, when many payments he made, and be able to talk some sense into the customer. And that will be for collections and sales. You got to have this person going to somebody that's been good in sales. They don't mind having somebody following. And this is what we do. This is what we say. This is the catalog. This is how the catalog is worth. This is how you're going to price it, uh, and so on and so forth. 
Um, when we release that person to the store, now the manager knows, or at least she knows her ABCs. Let me show up a little more, but she has an idea of what it is. So you don't have them from that green because there's managers to managers. Some managers can teach, some other managers cannot. And some managers love to delegate. Some managers, look, I'd rather do it myself because I know it's going to get right. And you're new, you have no clue what's going on. Sorry about the iPhone. <laughs> we'll bleep it out. Um, don't worry. <laughs> so um, it is, it is uh, to the best knowledge to always have somebody that's great on, on that particular subject to train somebody new. Um, at least it'll give them a better chance to come back to the store and be able to, I'm here to help you, not take time away from you for you to train me. My thoughts. I, I, I don't I, know if that I helps. agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, that is some great advice right there. I, you know, um, so, you know, this this is like a formal interview, right. you know, right. so I always ask this for people in any interview. What What's your end goal? What's your five-year plan? What's your goal, George? What is? Well, I'm 60 right now. You look great, by the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I thought you were in your 50s, to be honest. You know, no, so. no, I'm 60. Okay. You know, uh, I took a shower today because oh, I nice. know I had this okay. interview. I appreciate so. that. That helps that young vibe, bro. That young vibe comes out. Yeah, you got to smell good to a like, good presentation. That, that's that's not. So um, five years, I hope to retire. And then um, on 65, I'm just going to work in real estate and do some house flipping okay. uh, with my kids. And nice. That, that, that'll be... Uh, at least keep me busy yeah. while I enjoy retirement, hopefully. Five years. My you know, I actually thought that you were going to say something like maybe own uh, a rent-to-own franchise. That actually, that actually was one of the first things I thought you were going to say. No, no. I, I really I had my chance to do that, but uh, I, I passed it by. Um, when they were opening the great rooms, I didn't feel that I would be a good fit to be an owner. More of uh, was more in the mind of, let me find something wrong to fix it rather than open it a new store because that that really I'm not familiar with it. I'm familiar with going in there, get the files, get the store, get it clean, call customers, get all this stuff ready and rolling and 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 presenting you with something that it was broken and now is look voila, it is good, making profit and nice. So um, that was my take back then. I have mistakes that you uh, do in life, but. Uh, I can't complain. Life has been good. Well, Pete's definitely experiencing the opening a new store. You, I, I've never done it, and you, you never done it before. Now, I've, out of all the eighteen and a half years I've been doing this, not even close to a brand new store. And let me tell you, I, I did a lot of what you did uh, at Rack at Buddies. Go over here, fix that in a year or two or whatever it is. Move on. Going, to- I'm going to send you somewhere else. And that was a cycle, man. That was that right. was my cycle, and I really learned how to do that. This new store thing, you don't have old people to call. <laughs> exactly. You don't have piffs to call. Exactly. You don't have a base. You're building your base as you're training, as you're growing. It's a completely different ball game. Right. Um, something that I'm glad I have to be, you know, I'm able to be a part of. But man, let me tell you, it's not the same. It's not what I'm used to. It's, it's definitely outside of my wheel set. I'm glad when it's over, whenever that might be, so I can say I did it. But it's not easy. You got one up on me, bro, because I had never done. And that's the thing that I wasn't certain that I was going to be successful at, because it, it was always to there's the keys. You're on your own. It's like God damn it, bro. I, it, it, nothing is fixed. Anything is new. I got no customers to call or fix. Um, damn, this is a new business. So. <laughs> With that said in mind, I, I just I was like, no, no, give it to somebody else that really is gonna thrive on that. Let me continue doing what I'm doing because I'm good at this. So I don't, I, I know I'm good at this and I can deliver on this and my promise and my word. Danny, right know your that. sweet spot. No, I, it, I was just about we, to say, we just had that conversation in one of our podcasts was to know your sweet spot. Like you're saying, I know I'm a guy who goes and I can fix that. I know that. There's no question about it. Going and taking a new store, not my cup of tea because you've been in the business and you know this. You can say that my wheel set, I know what I got. Can I do that? I don't know. Right. I don't know. I'm dealing with it now. Yeah. I'm trying to figure no, it out. For sure. And that creates doubts. And when you have a doubt, it's like, bro, I don't want to walk into a place doubting myself that I can deliver as I promise. Because then always your last job is the one you're going to uh, kind of impregnate your what to say about George is not what you did, but what you're doing right now. So if I'm failing at this right now, uh, you suck. Then you know what? 
my mistake. I put you on a spot that you're you definitely not up. feeling, George. Uh, Larry talks very highly of you all the time. He uses you as an example for our Tampa market. Uh, whether it's your credit and overs, whether it's your your low idle inventory, your low ninety day inventory. Man, if I hear you that one I mean? more time, oh, we God. hear that quite often. He tells often. me all the you know, time. The, the stream boxes. You know, which that's going to be a totally separate episode we're going to do later. Maybe we're going to get your input on the stream boxes, but, okay. you know, but you're definitely doing your thing, man. Definitely doing your thing. Yeah, he's, he's always like, hey, there's only $5 of inventory in there, you know? <laughs> Can you do that? I got 125000 Larry. Just give me a minute. Give me a minute. He's like, well, George can do it, and he made 50 sales last week. How about you? <laughs> okay, like, give me, just, just give me a minute, yeah. bro. Give me a minute. <laughs> that's funny, bro. Because it's, it's, it's what you hear. I have to hear also. When Larry comes in, there's always, and I'm not to be hating on Larry. I got a lot of respect and admiration for the guy. Um, but it's always, uh, you're doing so well, but you're not as good as so-and-so. <laughs> Their profit margins are this, that, and that. But, you know, hey, now we, we're talking about Frank, and look at it. He's got a little story, and his margins are, now the money he collects over the month is 120%. Meanwhile, you only collect 100%. What's up with you? I mean, can you do that? I'm like, God damn, Larry, I, I don't know, <laughs> bro. But God bless you. That's his coaching technique. <laughs> yeah, it is. Gross. Puts everybody against each other to try to make everybody, you know, the cream rise to the crop. Man, I know works sometimes. It does work. It gets you like motivated. Like, man, if I have to hear that guy's name one more time, oh my god, God, yeah, yeah. He will mention the name. I'm not not going to mention. He would say it all the time. He'd be like, "Look, man, give me a break, man. Give me a break. I'm working on it. I'm working it. I want to be at 120 percent collective, right? I really want to be. Damn, Larry. What's going to be next? Yeah. But you're doing <laughs> you a great that job. February number and the 120% is really high. And you go, okay, I'll try. You know, we're going to get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. TikTok, baby. TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. There you but, go. But, uh, George, first off, thank you very much for, for sitting welcome. down with us today. Uh, any final thoughts, George? Well, um, I thank you guys. I, I think you guys are doing a good job. And uh, one thing that I see is you guys being at DMs that you have outlasted many of us uh, that we were at ranking DMs. And that's perhaps because you guys are doing a good job. Um, kudos to you guys. I, I, I see that you put a lot of effort not only on your stores, but through podcasts and, and um, a lot of social media. Um, my heart goes to you guys because there's a lot of work as a DM. And I've been there. I know how uh, it can get crazy and then crazier mm-hmm. and then super crazy. And then to the point you said, like, you start dwelling about, should I be doing this <laughs> or should I just take a gun and the start conversations killing people? I don't know. Had, yeah, I can imagine, bro. I have that. But I applaud to you guys, uh, your effort. Uh, hopefully this continue being a successful to you guys. And, and uh, just uh, nothing but good wishes and congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. Thank you very that. much, George. Appreciate that. And uh, with that being said, this is the RTO Show with Danny and Pete.